Well, yes, well, our very special guest who we're going to get really get into, into talking to in the second hour of the programme today is Vicky Slade. Uh, good morning, Vicky, again. Good yeah. morning, Blair. It's lovely to be here. Now, before, well, obviously, the second hour of the programme, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, your, your brand new role, obviously a brand new council, mm-hmm. challenging role for yourself. But what, what, what about you? What, what was it that got you into all things uh, politics? Because obviously you, you've got a young family, four kids. Yeah, I mean, it, um, I used to have my own business in um, where I lived and my husband, I used to say to my husband, you need to go along to those Chamber of Trade meetings, mm. you know, and he used to say, well, if you feel so strongly about it, why don't you go? <laughs> so I ended up chairing the local sort of community groups and that's generally how people get involved in local politics. They're passionate about their community. Mm. They want to improve something in the community and then... Yeah. One of the political parties comes up to them and goes, have you ever thought about being a councillor? <laughs> and is that what happened to you? Yeah. yeah. And interestingly, <laughs> I did it to someone yesterday. Yeah. Somebody who yeah. I've got to know through the community. Yeah. And I said, you should be a councillor. Mm. Um, and, and people sort of go, maybe I will. And that's yeah. sort of yeah. how it starts, really. And before you know it, you realise actually you've sort of found what you want to do. Hmm. Yeah, it gets into you, it gets into you, but it's a bit like broadcasting in a way, you know. So when you uh, when you get into it, then uh, you end up doing more and more and more. But did you ever consider that you know right in those, in those early days? Because obviously you have to go through this process of putting yourself forward for mm. for, for for election, and that in itself can be quite traumatic, can't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, the, the idea that it's about rejection, isn't it? Mm. It's about knocking on people's doors yeah. in your own community and then saying, you know, trust me to look after stuff. Mm. Um, and and it's tough when you're when see people say, no, actually, I, I don't support you. Yeah. Uh, and you, yeah. you can't help but go, well, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, so that that's really hard. And, and then, of course, now I'm in a position of authority where you know every decision you make there'll be a group of people who really don't like that decision Mm. and you you, I'm now at a point of going I'm going to make decisions that people might say I'm not voting for you in the future because I don't like what you did Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't do it but by the same token you might have people who say wow I wouldn't have voted for her but because of that decision I will and that's really interesting there's been Mm. a situation in the last few days which we've only seen, you know, people complaining about. And then someone mm. sent me some bits from the local paper mm. that said, actually, not everyone feels that way. Yeah. Look at all these people yeah. saying how they like what you're doing. Mm. Um, and it can be very difficult when yeah. you get into that spiral yeah. of thinking people are, have got it in for you. When yeah. there's a whole group, usually the quiet ones are quite content. Yeah. yeah. I think all of us in, in sort of public roles in whichever way it is, and I, I'm, I'm a church leader, and it's very much like I often say it's like living in a fishbowl. Every, every every decision, every move, every action is scrutinized by people who are looking in and watching what you do and waiting to mm. see the results yeah. of that, isn't it? And I would say that's probably amplified in a in a political. Yeah. It can be quite situation. tiring, you know, yeah. even to yeah. the point of people looking in shopping basket. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been known to buy things, you know, or, got, or, or services, and yeah, then yeah, been criticised yeah. about why, milk, is it? why didn't you That's buy from that shop? And I'm like, oh, please, I've got four kids to yeah. bring up, you know. Yeah. Our community, your radio station. Vicky is that the leader 
of uh, BCP, the new BCP Council. So daunting task for you, Vicky. So not only do you find yourself as leader of a brand new council, uh, but obviously the coming together of a literally three towns that were previously very independent in, in, into one into one council. Challenging times. It, it is challenging, but what's great about it is that there's no precedent for it. So we are able to design it in its best possible image. Um, that's been quite tricky for some people to come to terms with because people say, well, we've always done it like this in Bournemouth <laughs> or in Poole or, or Christchurch used to have. And you say, yes, that, that's true, but that doesn't mean it's going to be like that in the future. So there's never, there's never going to be another opportunity for us to design it from scratch. Um, mm. you know, going forward, it'll always be tweaking. So that gives a huge opportunity, but it's also a huge responsibility to get it right. Now, you, you were talking just before, uh, you know, the, the news there about you know, local councillors and so on. And I've often felt that, that people very often misunderstand the role of, of, of councillors. They often get confused with MPs. And, this is, and then also between the role of lo- lo- local government and national government, there's also quite a bit of confusion There's a huge amount of confusion. For example, one of the things that most people don't realise is that people who are um, in care homes or who are, you know, getting a lot of care at home, that's not funded by the NHS, that's funded by the council. So when your pothole takes a bit longer to be, you know, Mm. filled, it's because most of the money is actually going on the elderly or perhaps, you know, we've we have numbers that show that if you've got a child that goes into care and goes into a children's home and they've got behavioural needs or medical needs, it costs over £300,000 a year. Now imagine how much you pay as your council tax. That's several streets worth of annual council tax on one child or, or one elderly wow. person. Mm. But there's an assumption that that is just paid for by the government and it's not. No. Well, of course, the, the, the other little known fact is that every council up and down the country that something like two thirds of the, of the entire budget of the council goes on social care, Correct. children's and adult yep. social care, which then obviously hamstring, it hamstrings any council then to, to, to do the other things because everything mm. else mm. has got to be paid for without remaining third. That's right. And if you go back 10 years, most of the money from count for councils came from the government through you know, normal taxation. Um, we've lost £103 million a year um, from what we used to get from the, from the government. So virtually all the money we get comes from local people. So we have to be really mindful of how they want us to spend yeah. it. But as you say, two-thirds of it, we have no control over what we spend it on. And I suppose also because, dare we mention the Brexit word, mm. you know, but, but I think that because the, the nation has been so preoccupied, Westminster has been so preoccupied with, uh, with, with Brexit, are we in or are we out, and so on, that of course a lot of the other legislation, like social care and so on, uh, has, has got shelved. And it's only... I guess only now that that'll begin to come on to the the agenda again. Well, yeah, and one of the things that that we've been calling for is to know how much money will be coming down or what we are expected to spend it on for more than a year at a time. I mean, mm. This year's uh, grant from government arrived, uh, well, with the amount that we knew what we were getting, arrived, I think, on Christmas Eve, and we then had to have a budget in place by the beginning of February. So it doesn't give people long to know. You can guess, 
But what we'd like to see is you know, three years worth of stability so we know that next year you know, what our budget's yeah. going to be. And of course, the, you know, talking about budgets, one of the things, certainly whenever I was a councillor, I knew that each local authority has to provide what's called a balanced budget. Mm-hmm. You know, And of course, those decisions to make the budget balance leads to some pretty challenging and difficult decisions, doesn't it? It really does. Um, this year we've had to save £15 million pounds. Um, try doing that without actually stopping doing something. Um, and of course, you know, clearly we're allowed to put the council tax up a little bit, but the law says how much we can put it up by. So we have to balance that. And yeah, difficult decisions have to be made and, and departments will obviously defend their services. And, and as politicians, we have to say, well, we're 200,000 short there. What, what, how are we going to fill that gap? Really, really hard. Now, of course, also the, there's the political challenges. Now, you you took over at a time. I mean, obviously, you, you're a Lib Dem a politician yourself, but you, you're actually sitting over a council with many, many different mm-hmm. flavours, which, of course, is is new to the area because, obviously, for the for quite a considerable time, the Conservatives have have had a major majority within, certainly within Bournemouth, less so on Pool because it was yeah, less so. But but Christchurch was almost entirely. Um, conservative and the last council in Paul was 65% conservative so it is new but you know that's hugely refreshing because what we've got is um, a lot of different views around the table um, including a group of people who used to be conservatives and left for various reasons so when we're sitting down and making decisions we've got most of the views in the room and I think that makes better decision making because it means that you've got your your green conscience on one shoulder and you've got your conservative with a small c you know steady as she goes and then you've got your slightly more radical and you've got to bring all of those together so you hope what you end up with is that you've considered most people's views before you come to a decision. So that must make for some pretty lively meetings. Yeah it does. (laughs) (laughs) Yes Um, I mean as, as a leader that makes it um, an extra dimension. You know, you're spending a lot of your time trying to uh, help people find a way through and, and to come to terms with decisions that they might not agree with. Whereas if you're working with a single party, at least you know what people's principles are. This way we know people's views can be incredibly different and they've still got to make a collective decision. Now, going back to you personally, I mean, obviously, you've been aspiring uh, to be an MP, and to mm-hmm. be a local councillor, whatever. So here you are, suddenly in one vote, you find yourself catapulted to the position of not just being, a, you know, a, a, a politician, a councillor, uh, for the Broadstone area, isn't it? Yeah. As, you, as your word, but actually, as the leader of this new animal, whatever, yeah. when that happened, you know, in 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 April, whatever it was, April May, what did you feel like? I mean, when it was all happening around you, was it just like being in a different world? I mean, how did you cope with the, the massive change? Well, I I still find it quite odd when I'm in a public place and I say I'm the leader of the council. I sort of pinch myself and think, really? You know, I went literally from backbencher to leader overnight and the leader of the 12th largest council, that's that's crazy as well. So um, it it's a real privilege to do it, um, but it is hugely daunting and, 
yeah, I wake up every morning and check my phone and make sure it's still there because, you know, it is such a fragile position that we're in that you, you do have to think, what well, what if somebody's decided to move overnight or, you know, <laughs> leave? Um, it, it, that's a, quite an odd position to be in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think we believed that everybody was going to work together until it happened. There's a real trust uh, and I think that's one of the things which I'm really uh, proud of is that we spent three weeks with a bunch of strangers who'd never worked together. Some of us had never met each other. And over the course of three weeks, we were able to come to some common ground um, and to make a commitment to each other that the place was more important than ourselves individually. Um, and that's that's been really humbling to see people prepared to put their own selves to one side. Our community, your radio station. Well, our very special guest today is uh, Vicky Sled, leader of BCP Council. And just before we heard from our sponsors there, you heard that wonderful Ralph McTell song, Streets of London. And you don't mean need to tell you that, that, uh, that homelessness has become a major issue, not just for BCP Council, but you can go to just about every town and city in the UK and see people sleeping rough. But it is a very misunderstood challenge, Vicky, isn't it? It is. Um, th- there's a real mix... Um There are genuinely homeless people for for many reasons. I mean, I was watching a thing on Universal Credit last night and there were one of the people they featured had been literally sleeping rough for two weeks and and it was tragic and he had no money for food and it was awful. Um, But there are... We do have a problem with um, begging tourists, Mm. um, people that, that don't... You know, they do have somewhere to live, either here or elsewhere, and they use our town centres as a means to make money Uh, and I think that's really sad because they're exploiting the good nature of people who believe they're homeless the authorities know who they are it's just a case of having the staff to enforce and the powers Mm. to enforce and Mm. move people on Um, I'm reassured around the genuine homeless problem i know that our team have uh, i did an audit recently i asked for details of everyone we know to be homeless the amount of information we know is is massive some people aren't ready to be helped mm. yeah no i, I just I, not. obviously i work with social care for mm. quite a long time and you're quite right i think it's quite sad really in a way because where there are people who have like mental health challenges i heard genuinely because of their circumstances are made homeless i think that that those people do respond if when they're given the the opportunity and then there are teams obviously in bcp mm. that are working on that i think the more difficult challenges are people who are begging and sometimes very aggressively and actually making quite large sums of money absolutely i mean there's a we're looking at the moment at a project of of how can we stop people begging for cash? Because yeah. we were talking before about, you know, lots of people give a sandwich or a mm. soup or a coffee. Mm. Actually, that's often rejected because mm. what they want is it cash. Wants cash. So we are, um, we're talking to some people about, can we have a system of, of banning cash begging and mm. giving a system where you can give contactlessly yeah. on some of the shop yeah. windows and that yeah. money is held centrally so Mm -hmm. people can access the money they need for the things they need can access food blankets etc people can still give Mm. but give in a constructive way but 
there's got to be a system in place and that's going to take yeah. a while to work with yeah. our partners to get there. Yeah. There has been a scheme over in Christchurch operating because my, my, my wife's associated with the, with the Water Lily charity mm. and uh, I know that Christchurch were offering, you know, where you could not dissimilar to what you're suggesting, Vicky, they were giving a buy, buy a voucher, you know, so yep. you buy a voucher, which actually somebody could then take and get a meal mm-hmm. and whatever. But although that, even that was abused because some of the guys were saving them up and then selling them on, you know, which is, so it's, it's very, very hard to completely close a loophole, but it's a much better thing than just giving people cash because often for many people, it, it unfortunately goes on drugs and drink, doesn't it? Well, the other problem is if you're being asked aggressively for money and you're walking through town, it then makes you feel mm. uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes, that you know, then you're thinking you're walking, you, you perhaps you're vulnerable yourself, mm. um, you've got small children or whatever, yeah. and you think, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, so we've got to get to the root of, of mm. that problem and, and take it back. But, mm. you know, we've done our count for January and the numbers yeah. have gone down 26% than they were in December, which indicates that perhaps people were coming here to beg and appear to be sleeping mm. rough because they know that there are people spending money. That's mm. a bit of a problem. So, oh, absolutely. I, th- I think it's a, it's a very real world scenario, isn't it? Mm. It's, I've got 10 years history in the prison service before I was in church leadership, and you deal with this. Uh, 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 I'm generalizing massively here, but, but often we're dealing with... Uh, a, a certain people type who are going back out into the community uh, upon their release and they're already thinking that their cognitive uh, 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 skills are going and grinding and, and, and they're, they're meeting with other people in the same circumstances in prisons and they're going out and, um, you know, learning how to how to do this. Mm. And, and you talk about the, the begging tourism and and things like that. It's a, it's a very real situation. Mm. It really is. Real Community Radio. You have to be brave, don't you, uh, Vicky, to be in public life these days? You do, and you have to have a very thick skin. Well, of course, you are personally responsible for all the homelessness in Bournemouth. All my fault. And, 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 it's all not, my fault. and it's not just that, but I mean, what about all these shutting down of businesses? That's your fault as all well. All my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, I did... It is incredibly sad. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's incredibly sad. You know, in, in my own high street... Um, the business I used to own, I sold it in 2015, although everyone thought I still owned it, and keep saying to me, why have you closed the shop? I'm like, I sold it four years ago. It wasn't (laughs) me that closed it. But the lady could not make enough money um, due to competition. And since then, three other businesses have closed. Um, But none of those businesses that closed, closed because of business rates. Mm. In fact, all three of those businesses I've checked were paying zero business rate. They closed because the nature of our shopping has changed. And, of course, it has <coughs> dramatically changed. Incredibly. I mean, the internet, uh, I mean, I know there's a, there's a lot of controversy there because, obviously, people will say, well, they don't pay the business rates. Absolutely, and, and that government needs to sort that out, don't they? Yeah, and, and I suppose that, that, that also that, that that's not going to change. I mean, it'd be interesting if we were able to do a survey as to how many people bought over the Christmas period, how many presents were mm. bought over the mm-hmm. internet, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't see that changing. I mean, clearly in in in, in, in Bournemouth and Poole and Christchurch, more so in, in, in Poole and, and in Bournemouth, you've got the big department stores, yeah. the Devon, the Beals of this world. And it's very sad to see, obviously, Beals is... It's, it's, inc- it's particularly sad when you see businesses that have 
sort of become part of the fabric of our community that are, are struggling. That That is obviously really sad, but there are multiple reasons why businesses don't make it. Um, and having, you know, run a business and, and struggled with a business for years, you've... You, you have it's multi-dimensional you can't blame one thing business rates will be a factor business rates are set by the government um the the changing nature of the high street people aren't going to the high street because they're shopping online they're working longer hours you know some businesses don't yet have a website where you can buy off the website and so that's how a lot of businesses have adapted in saying well come to our store but actually if you can't get to our store you can still buy from us through our website and I noticed there's another very big high street store that tends to be at the bottom of the market. Um, you can't buy off their website either, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But mm-hmm. because it's because it's very, very cheap, um, they're able to get people to go into the store. But, I mean, staggeringly, all businesses are, are challenged, large or small. Uh, you know, uh, um, John Lewis, which you would, you would see is very, very secure with their Waitrose brand and, indeed, their their department store over in, in Poole. They're, they're, they're having challenges, mm. the biggest <laughs> and the smallest. One of the challenges that you have as a, as, a, as a council, of course, is to develop vision, vision for the area. And you have a new council, an exciting council, 12th biggest in the country. Yeah. Um, so as you've sat down with your colleagues and you've thought, what what do we want our community to be like? You know, can you tell us something about how you see that going forward? It's it's really we we spent months trying to come up with this sort of corporate strategy, and it's all about vibrant communities. That's that's the heart of it. Is there's too many people being left behind, and that's really important to us that people don't get left behind. The other big thing about this area is that. There are a lot of people who weren't comfortable with the coming together of the councils. You know, we've got some very different towns and very different communities. So um, the the vision is around how do you make a successful council which represents everybody, gets the best out of everybody, but at the same time retains the uniqueness of not only the three big towns, but the 15, 20, 30 smaller communities there. Mm. And how do you, you know, how do you do that in a sustainable way? So mm. we're trying to mm. make sure that we're thinking about the environment in everything that we do, but also well-being. Mm. Yeah, that's the really, you know, people need to feel that they are part of a community and that, they're, that they've got a purpose. Mm. You're talking about well-being, you know, yesterday, um, after I did five hours of broadcasting yesterday and uh, locked in, it was great, lots of people in and fantastic. But I went over to Castle Point, you know, after the show to have my vegetable soup, which I quite enjoy. Uh, but it was such an amazing day. You know, the, the sky was blue, the sun was, mm. was out. And I was thinking, what an amazing place. Now, that was Castle Point. If I had then transported myself to the seafront, you know, of, uh, was it 10 miles of amazing mm. sea and sand? Uh, there was a programme last night I was watching, I don't know if anyone saw it, they, I think it was Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. Oh. And they were saying that people aren't spending enough time mm. in nature. Absolutely. And they were saying yeah. if you can increase the amount of time you physically spend outside to two hours a week, wow. it has a dramatic 
impact on your stress levels and therefore things like heart attack, diabetes, stroke. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be active. You can just sit in the park or sit on the Heathland or go for a gentle stroll. There is no need for you to feel the need to run or Mm -hmm. do yoga. You could just sit (laughs) and that makes all the difference. And that struck me Mm. as, you know, there there are very few places where we live here Mm. where you're more than half a mile to a mile away from either from the coast or from the heathland or from a park and in in terms of the of the challenge it's obviously some of them we talked about today whether it be social care or or whether it be homelessness or or the challenge on on the high street i mean clearly the days of the department stores and the shape of times as we have known them is Mm. not going to be the same i suppose the real challenge for for you and local government uh, and for the national government for that matter is well, what what is that shape going to look like what are we going to do with those spaces yeah so we need to shrink the high streets ultimately and i think we all know deep yeah. down that both in bournemouth and paul our high streets are too long mm. um you know if you go from mm. the top of old christchurch road to the triangle you know that that's a shopping street that there just aren't enough businesses to make that work yeah so we've got to try yeah. and figure out how do we how do we change some of that into yeah. residential, yeah. into leisure, into offices, yeah. so people are living, working, and shopping in one place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but most of the buildings are owned by private landlords. Mm. So how do we work with those partners yeah. and get the funding to do yeah. it? Um, yeah. we, I was party to a letter we've sent to government yesterday about how do we give councils the opportunity to work with landlords yeah. to convert buildings or to even put bright window dressing in so that it doesn't look quite so empty (laughs) if a business is empty can we paint it up so that we can use it for advertising at the moment we can't even do that because it's owned by a landlord the other thing i think that is really important and this is a responsibility on all of us you know because the the danger is we can always see problems as being somebody else's problem you know not not ours but i think that that we because we live in such a fantastic area and yes like every other area it, it has amazing challenges you you will know that vicky better than than anybody but actually you know to to be able to think positively talking our area up um uh, opening to i people's ideas mm. i know that consultation is something which is close to your heart and you've been wanting to do yeah you know, in fact you're you're doing community consultation we are you want to hear what people's uh, ideas are we want to hear what people's ideas are, but we also want them to get involved mm. because, um, you know, you, you can you can send stroppy letters to the Echo and you can <laughs> you control us the on people. Yeah, you control us on Facebook. But actually, what are you doing? Yes. What are you doing to make a difference? That's the big question. Because we're all working hard. Mm. Um, there was something on Facebook last night where I put out a request for um, more volunteers for a local youth club and I was quite shocked at somebody's Mm. response saying well I work hard enough whilst are you doing and I thought if only you knew Um, but you know we've all got that responsibility haven't we to to do a little bit to help somebody else and as you say we live in an amazing place let's talk Mm. about the good things that are going Mm. on not just the bad stuff yeah so finally (coughs) before I 
Legend. Oh, well, I have to reveal the answer. Of so course. Could be but before that, I mean, obviously, you, you've only been in office a, f- a few months. Yeah. One of the things amongst all of the challenges, I mean, I know that you, you've been in the butt end of a lot of criticism. And so not just you personally, but the council. It's always the case, isn't it? It's yeah. the same with politicians. But what are, what are the things that have sustained you, that have encouraged you, that make you want to get up in the morning and go into the council offices and <laughs> do the challenging things? In all of that, Vicky, what are the, what's been the thing that has encouraged you the most? I made a commitment when I came into office to go and visit all of the departments um, in the council. And I have found things that we do that I had no idea that we did. And when I've gone in to departments and they've said, you know, oh my goodness, the leader of the council's come to see us. No one's ever come to see mm. us before. Mm. Um, understanding the people that make our council tick the people that are doing the stuff that nobody sees um, and they're just getting on with it, they're getting no real credit for what they're doing um, and they turn up every day and they make our council and our communities work and that really fills you with a sense of pride that people are just getting on with it. I mean, some of the things our council's responsible for that people don't know about, the coroner service, you know, the mortuary, all of those things Hmm. we don't like to think about but they're crucial, aren't they? Mm. You know, if they weren't there, mm. things wouldn't come together. Going and visiting the people yeah. who process our bills, you know. Yeah. No mm. one ever goes and says, thanks for making sure that you don't overcharge us, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because there's so many things that go well, and then we we don't necessarily say, you know, well done. Thank and that's the thing, you know, we've, this is the most complex bit of reorganisation, 45 years, yeah. and yet we haven't dropped the ball you know, people have mm. still had their bins picked up. Mm. The lights have gone on. Mm. The children are safe. You know, yeah. elderly people are being fed. Yeah. That's all still happening despite everything. And yeah. you will get, we'll make some mistakes. Sure we will. But you learn from the mistakes. You apologise for them when you need to. And then, you you know, you do something different next time. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.